you up, make you laugh, and get you off your ass. Now that's Kristen being Kristen. Are you freaking kidding me? Start the show. All right, everyone. It is Chicken in a Bag podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I have a really great show today. If you've ever been on a path and think that you get it all figured out and life just kind of wallops you, then boy, this is a show for you. Today, we're going to be talking to Josh Perry. He is a BMX athlete. He is a brain tumor survivor. He is a keynote speaker and he helps people uh, get their health on track. So we're going to get him in here and we are going to get started. Hello, Josh. And how are you? Hey, Chris, I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, so I figured like you have a lot to teach people. Um, had, I've had conversations with you before, and I really feel like this past year and a half has been kind of one of those years that a lot of people are in uncharted territories, like, okay, my life is going well, and then boom, something happens. And I really feel like from your own personal life experience, you can maybe kind of help people kind of understand what it feels like to just kind of just kind of feel unsure of yourself or get like a, a wallop of information like okay now what do i do i mean you were somebody who was on a path competing in a bmx um you found out through an injury luckily that they would finally give you a scan of your brain and you had a brain tumor you were like how old are you like 20 how old were you 21 mm -hmm. yep 21 21 i mean like 21 we feel like we have the whole life ahead of us and then we get something like that hit us like wow what do i do so i really thought it'd be great to have you on here to just kind of share your story um maybe people understand um help people understand how you kind of approach approach that so um first of all you started doing bmx around what your teenagers years and then you decided that you could be good enough to compete is that how that worked out tell us a little backstory about the bmx yeah, I mean, I grew up playing every sport possible from a young age and then 11, 12, got into skateboarding and rollerblading and then BMX shortly after that. And then uh, my birthday is in November. So my 13th birthday, Christmas area, somewhere around there, I got my first BMX bike. And then that's kind of where everything else stopped. And then by high school, I was full on just obsessed. I was working um, and going to school just so I could ride and progress and then using the money to travel and compete. And then just kind of kept going from there and led me to dropping out of high school, moving down to, from Massachusetts to North Carolina to pursue BMX. And then uh, found myself in X Games in Iraq, performing for the troops and all across the, the world. And it uh, literally and figuratively saved my life. So very grateful for that. And my parents supporting me on my, uh, my path. Uh, so awesome. I think that's such a great story. I think that's so cool because I really feel like, um, I love watching kids that do BMX or like extreme sports because you have to have like this era of fearlessness in you. You know what I mean? I'm like, you're because I mean, it takes so long to really master like a, a trick or like how many times you like you fall down. Like right now, my job, um, our streets shut down and it's like a block party and these kids ride their bikes up and down the street all night long. And this kid just pulls a wheelie and rides it the whole way down the street all the time. Like he'll just keep popping that wheelie like over and over again. And I just look at him like, wow, like that's dedication. Like that. That is like the work that has to go into actually being able to compete. And a lot of people, when they don't get it the first time or they skin their knee the first time, they're like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. That hurt. So, I mean, kudos to you for like having such a passion and going at it. And what an amazing opportunity that must have been to be like, you know, X Games and, and traveling and doing something that you're so passionate about. I mean, I think there'd be a lot of young people's dreams to do something so fun like that. So, I mean, that's unbelievable. Now, I really want to segue into like the brain tumor because what an insane thing. I think... There was something you said on your page, like we sometimes will think we can judge what somebody is or how they're feeling just by looking at them, but we don't really know. Like you look like you were a healthy 21 year old, you were athletic, you were competing and you had these migraines and nobody thought you were like, oh, there's no reason to go skin you because you don't meet the other criteria. And here you, at, you had a tumor in your brain. I mean, yep. unbelievable, Josh. 
Yeah, and I mean, that quote, don't judge a book by its cover, I uh, shared that when I'm speaking on stage and then a lot of my content, but it's like I was literally judged by the book of or the cover of my book. And lo and behold, I didn't have a pain pill deficiency. So, you know, the MRI is what revealed that mass taking over my my life, essentially, and it, it came from uh, a TBI that was endured through training in the off season, getting ready for the contest. Uh, in April 2010 that I had won the year prior, which was my first pro win and won the best trick contest, landing a trick for the first time that I invented that won me a Harley as well. So I was, there was a lot of energy going into that training session and something you spoke about earlier about with fear, like fear is one of my favorite things to talk about. Cause I think that influences um, a lot of people's lives or everyone's life with different filters. But what I've learned is most of the fear we have as an adult is conditioned and projected fear onto us that we've just modeled and soaked up because at this age zero 12, we're mostly unconscious. Like we're right. only afraid of what, like um, loud noises and falling. Like that's what the only fears are really born with. Mm-hmm. Everything else is observed, modeled and absorbed from other people, especially as we get older, people project their own, you know, shit onto us. And right. so I got into BMX that. when I was at a young age, still, you know, assessing what fear meant to me. And thankfully I had a supportive family always pushing me to do things active and, you know, get up, try again, like never really giving into fear as a reason to not do something. Right. And so that carried with me. And I think that that being instilled uh, for my family or installed into me for my family and then BMX teaches us delayed gratification in a painful manner. Like if you want something, you can have it, but what are you willing to do for it? And then with falling and falling higher and higher as a progression got and as the time went on, um, it really built a foundation for me to mentally and emotionally approach the first surgery for the brain tumor, which was in 2010. And then the 11 years from then to now, everything I've learned and experienced in different forms, I've just built these this arsenal of tools, if you will, yes. that you know, I, I just shared for the first time publicly today that I'm facing another brain surgery in the next uh, two to four or five months or so. Mm-hmm. That's um, it, it's interesting because this time around, I'm just looking at it as like, what can I do to help me in my situation, but also show this to other people and help other people rather than being afraid of it. You know, one, I've already gone through it. This will be um, no different. I just, I'm better equipped. I'm healthier inside and out, even though I'm 32 rather than 21. Right. But also, you know, the work around fear, it's just, it's a choice to give into it. It's, it's inevitable that fear is going to present itself in any which way unfathomable or pop, like it, it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. The, like the difference is if we choose how much fear plays a role in our life. And I mean, Jim Carrey spoke to this years ago at a commencement speech he gave. He's like, fear is going to be a player in your life, but you choose how much playing time it has. I love that. And so for me, I always try to leverage the fear, that energy. It's ultimately uh, emotion is just energy in the body. It mm-hmm. comes from a thought. And so when I'm sensing fear, I try to first, where is this coming from? Why is this here? What can I learn from it? And then what do I want to do about it? And ultimately, that's been my choice the last 11 years with my health. It's like, here's something that I'm presented with. I didn't choose this deck of cards. Right, so to right. Speak, I got to play it though. Right. But I, I got to play it. So like, what's the best way I can play this? And that's where a lot of curiosity and questions come in and just doing what we can and, you know, raising our awareness to see what else is out there. And I think that that's what it comes down to is just being curious of like, 
what do you want and how can you make that happen rather than being defined by your circumstances? I love that. There's a couple of things I, I'm going to try to remember them. Boop, boop, boop. Okay. So the first thing I want to remember is I love the fact that with BMX, it's de delayed gratification. I think that's so important because I think that's just the opposite of what society is today. Society, it's all instant gratification. It's highlight reels and it's like, um, get it really quickly, go viral, all this stuff. So I love the fact that the sport that you were involved with really like made you have to like, you really have to be gritty. I really feel like if you're going to be X Games or, or BMX. I mean, I think to be an athlete or be good at anything, whether it be a comedian, I mean, to look like you're FSLE just telling jokes on stage, you have to be able to put the work in, obviously, because yep. nothing looks that easy. When you look at you guys doing four flips in the air on a bike, you're like, oh my God. But the thing is, is like, that's from hours and hours of smacking your head and, and you know, breaking bones and, and hitting that, that pavement. So I think that that's a great thing that I wish that we did a little bit more of not giving such instant gratification to people because I really think that it builds a mental toughness and uh, a want and desire when you have to actually work for it. Second thing I want to talk about is, um, yes, you and I both love talking about fear. I'm the same as you. I think that fear is something that we push on people. And I think especially this past year, there's been so much fear pushing on people. And I'm like, I really feel like it's just not, it's not good for your mental sanity. It's not good for your immune system. So I don't understand. Fear is something that I've always wanted to say that it can either like hold you back or propel you forward. And I think I've said this a million times, but I always choose to let it propel me forward. I'm someone that likes to use the fear as a way to be like, okay, I know I'm afraid of this, but the only way I'm going to fix it is trying it or going through it or, 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 or facing it. Right. And I think a lot of other people just kind of be like, Oh, you know, that's, uh, that's uncomfortable. I'm not going to really, I'm not going to really go there. Also the fi uh, final thing I want to touch upon what you were just talking about is like, wow, like you hit it like god you just hit at these years of these these phases of your life josh like i mean 21 and now here you're early 30s and, and it's back again i saw that earlier today on your instagram and i just want to say that i'm going to be down to watch this whole journey and i appreciate you that you share your story and that you want to document it to help help other people through it because i'm sure there's days you're kind of like oh god really I thought if you know, I thought I got through this now i, I got to do this all again but you come in with such a great attitude and approach it with such a great way to handle it, I think it's important for other people to hopefully follow your journey and, and listen to you and maybe learn and maybe it'll help them be like, oh, my day's pretty shitty, but you know, I, I have all these other things that are okay. So, I mean, I think that's what you have to do, kind of focus in life. Yeah. I mean, it could be worse, right? Like, you know, to be any part of this conversation, whether a listener or us, like you have to be alive. And so right. no matter what you're going through, it could always be worse because you cannot be alive. I've had several people in my life close to me that are no longer here. And right. so it just, I mean, it is what it is, but like mm -hmm. you could be going through something worse. And I know people that, you know, don't have arms and legs and are still happy and doing things. And they found a purpose in life that is bringing them fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that goes back to the third diagnosis I received in 2017, you know, it ultimately inspired me to focus on something larger than myself. And that's when I stopped competing and I stopped doing demos and working with brands and BMX. And I started focusing on a higher purpose of myself than myself, which was serving other people. And to get to the point today, going through a second brain surgery, like all I'm thinking about, of course, I had the thoughts of like, you know, the, the same fears and worries and doubts right. and all that. I'm a human being, but the difference right. is now, is I've shifted all that energy into focusing on how can I leverage this to help other people and help myself. And it just comes back to the same thing. Like here are my circumstances. What do I want and how do I make that happen? Yeah.
Yeah, I think that's such a great point because I think that's so you know what we really should be tapping into sometimes. Sometimes we all do have a higher purpose, or maybe we do have a lesson. And the reason I love sharing conversation with everyday people or people from all different walks of life is because you never know someone at home, what they're going through, or a listener, a watcher might be like, oh shit, a family member just had that. Oh, I'm going to follow this. You know what I mean? Because you just never know who needs to hear the information. So sometimes like the more that you put out there, the more you can kind of have other people through the journey. Um, Another thing I thought that was kind of interesting is like your mentality. Like, you know, I, I definitely think you're a person of perspective and gratitude. And I think that's so important because I think that I know it sounds corny to say, oh, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. But I do think that when you can have a little bit of understanding of your situation and then try to be grateful for the situation like you're at, like you, like you just looked at that whole situation, like I could have no arms and legs. I, I have arms and legs. So I think that there's so many people that don't know how to tap into that. You know, like they're just so over-focused on the wrong information or the wrong things or, or looking for what they don't have instead of being grateful for what they do have. And it really is a, a game changer. For me, it's a game changer. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, it comes back to this concept of what we focus on expands. So if you are just focusing on all the things you've done wrong in your life, all the reasons why you don't have what you want, all the reasons why you're unhappy or comparing yourself to other people and saying it must be nice, and you're just focused on the negativity, ultimately, you're not putting yourself in a place of empowerment. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what I don't know if it's gonna be easy to see, but that's what this tattoo C is greater than E. It's being at cause for my reality is greater than being at effect to my Ooh. reality or my environment, which is creating my reality. So it's really about taking ownership for everything that's going wrong in your life and for you to be a role in that. But as soon as you accept that, that you're the problem, you immediately become the solution. And that the, the C is greater than E is to me is the equation for empowerment, which is the only way for you to change any aspect of your life, whether you're conscious of it or not. Everything you are experiencing now comes from some kind of unconscious or conscious thought and or behavior that was usually influenced by an emotion or some type of belief that put you in the place you are today. doesn't matter if you're you know, broke and you got three kids and then you're not happy because you and your wife got divorced or your husband got divorced. It doesn't matter. Or it doesn't matter if you're you know, 21 years old riding X Games, all of a sudden you get a brain tumor. It, it doesn't matter. Something in your life um, occurred and you are at cause for that reality, meaning the meaning you're making out of it, the the beliefs you're forming, the emotions and thoughts. And as soon as you do that, you can shift and then you can see, oh, I can change these thoughts, which then change your emotions over time, which then influence different behavior. And with that equation, you can't help but have a new outcome or new reality. And so I, I just love sharing that because that's what it did for me was accepting like, because at first when I was diagnosed at 21 years old, I was by myself when I got the diagnosis, by the way. Insane, yeah. It, it was like, oh, why is this happening to me? Am I a bad person? What did I do to deserve this? Mm-hmm. Had I gone down that route, I don't think I would have had the outcome of the surgery and the um, the success I did, nor do I think I would have ever stepped foot on my bike again because of the fear and like the shame and guilt and all the anger would have been, you know, fueling me. But right. I chose to have the perspective. I have an opportunity to preserve my life. I thankfully was an hour and a half away from the world, one of the world's greatest surgeons at Duke. And I was like, man, I got a shot here. And I had support from family and friends and even strangers. But it ultimately was me accepting like, hey, this is something I have to do. And I just started treating like an injury that which was developed from BMX. Like, okay, I blew out my knee or I broke my ankle. What, how long am I looking at until I can get back on my bike? What do I need to do? And I just focused everything on 
not what if, but when I wake up, I love what is that, that going to be like? And it's just a shift of focus, which when you focus on expands. I mean, that's, yeah. that's like the science of law of attraction. It's just like your unconscious mind being programmed to see. It's like you, you, you're like, oh, you know, BMW, for example, you get programmed every day to think about a BMW. You're going to start seeing them more often. It's not like they weren't there, right? but you'll say, oh, there's a lot of BMWs out now. <laughs> no, they were always there, but your yeah. unconscious mind is now looking for them. Right. I, there's a couple of points to that I love. First of all, like I think that's such an important, I love the way that you use your mindset say, okay, this is an injury. Like, what am I going to do? That's a great mindset because, you know, when you're an athlete or your, your whole persona is what you do and then you might lose it. A lot of people really have to kind of go into that self-reflection mode because now you just lost your identity to an extent. You know what I mean? And that's, that's like a mental game, right? So I think that that's really cool that you use the, the mental, um, the mental mindset. Okay. Now how am I going to approach this? Cause that that's the whole, I think that's such the biggest battle with so many things in life. Like what are we going to use this to help us get through the, cer the certain things? Right. Cause you know, if you use this the right way, it can push you forward. And if you use it the wrong way, it can make you be like, yeah, I got, you know, like I just can't like, you know, like it's too hard. Like everything always happens to me. Like, fuck it. Like I'm why yeah. even try, you know? So I think the mind really happens. And I love the fact that you said, um, we are like, we have to almost have self-reflect or it's like our, it's our responsibility and like, wow, God forbid we use our own responsibility in 2021, Josh, yeah, right. how dare you? <laughs> uh, but I love the cause and effect tattoo. That's so cool. I always have a saying that I think it's choices and consequences. And I really believe that a lot of people going back to self accountability or how you're going to approach the hard things in your life. Okay. You made a choice and then there was a consequence. Now, if you didn't like the consequence, maybe change the choice. You know what I mean? I yeah. think once. I think there's a lot of little mindset shifts that people can do in life and it can really help them get a little bit further, a little bit quicker or deal with a lot of the tougher things a lot easier because um, the mind, it's like what you put into it is what you're going to get, you know, or what you focus on is what you're going to get more of. I always try to kind of keep better things coming in my brain instead of the b bad things because I'm like, oh, I don't want to keep, I, I want to bring better things in because I think that's what I'm going to get more of. That's what I'm going to see more of. So it's a kind of a conscious thing that I do, but I love the cause and effect. Speaking of tattoos, another one of your tattoos that I absolutely love is the fear tattoo is like, what is it? Fear is oh, a yeah. thought and thoughts, yeah. thoughts can be changed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I love that. to, to something I, I don't want to forget this. You just you mentioned an important aspect about identity mm -hmm. and what I've learned and observed from you know my consulting and speaking with other people and just learning far too often do we identify with our circumstances or what we do. And that put me in a real challenge a couple of years ago when I decided to just cut off all ties to BMX in a career manner, but was still training and, and riding at a professional level. And then really got challenged in January of 2020, so almost 16 months ago, when I decided to stop riding my bike. I haven't since then. I, I've ridden like in the neighborhood two or three times, but not when I say I haven't ridden my bike, I mean flipping, spinning like tricks. Right. And what I learned through that was I had so much of my identity at the core wrapped up as in I'm the athlete, I'm the BMX athlete. I mean, shit, all my social media handles are, are still Josh Perry BMX. Right. My <laughs> website is Josh Perry BMX. <laughs> That's a long story of me trying to get in touch with someone at Instagram to get Josh Perry, who is inactive and won't respond to me. Uh, I've been trying since 2013, <laughs> but um, I was I was like, man, like there's something more than I'm the BMX athlete. Like yeah. that's what everyone knows. And I had so much now, 11 years into this, with my story and the value I provide to all sorts of different people, depending on what I'm doing and speaking mm -hmm. to 
wrapped up in that BMX identity. And yeah. it was a challenge. Like I was depressed when I was like, what am I doing if I'm not riding? Yeah. But I realized that it was preventing me from going down this path of, as a speaker, an author, and a coach, mm -hmm. which is things I do every day, which I could be affirming, but I had so much time of my life wrapped up in the identity of what I did. It took me hiring a coach to work with me for a year and going through these mindset concepts of like, who am I at my core from a personality aspect that allowed me to express myself and mm -hmm. do so well? And what are the qualities I developed? And I think that's something that people don't really focus on. They just focus on, I'm anxious, which is incorrect. You're a human being, you have a name, but you're feeling anxiety. So a quick reframe is, you could say you're feeling anxious. That right. was one of the first things that was taught to me about, you know, saying the brain tumor rather than what I used to say was my fill in the blank. Like it, as soon as you do that, you're affirming at the unconscious level, which many people aren't aware of this. That's mm -hmm. why it's the unconscious that you are X, Y, and Z. Yep. And over years of saying that, you build a belief structure that that's who you are when it's not who you are, it's something you're experiencing. And when it comes to behavior as in a career path, Mm -hmm. who you are as your essence and the qualities and the different things that you as an individual human being possess allowed you to do that. So my severe ADHD, which I'll own that because it's just the yeah. way my brain functions um, <laughs> yeah, and all these other that. aspects, like you mentioned grit and persistence yeah. and vision, which is one of my favorite things to talk about, allowed me to not only fall once, but an unfathomable amount of times with an unfathomable amount of pain that most people won't ever experience in their life right? because of what I held in my mind about what I was working towards. Mm -hmm. I, I, I dissected all of that and I was like, oh, that's who I am. I am this person. Like I call it my Niss, my Josh Perry-ness. It's Kristen's Niss. Like that, that essence is what yeah. allows us to do these things. Because many people look at you being, you know, um, a mother and a, a female doing stand-up comedy and the time like this. And they like, judge this shit. We talked about this on my podcast. Yeah. Like, but that's their own shit. But because right. they're looking at a surface level identification of who they are and the reality right. they live in. And I think it's so important to go beneath the layer, which is uncomfortable, which is why people don't do it because mm -hmm. it triggers stress. But it's like, just look behind there, like see what's going on. Because if you want to change, that's the only way you're going to change is to see what the reality is, to accept it and acknowledge it, and then make a conscious choice of how to operate in the world from an intellectual, a mental, spiritual, and a, a physical manner that's going to give you a new outcome. Oh, such a great point. I, it's funny because I my guest last week, he does mental health. And one of the things he says is you are not your illness. And I think you shared a very similar quote. It was like, uh, your illness does not define you. Your strength and your courage does. And I absolutely friggin' love that because I think what you, know, what you were saying, like, yes, we associate who we are by our job. We associate who we are by, you know, our name, you know, certain things. And like, to be honest with you, like, especially with illnesses or diseases, it's, you know, with all like the support systems and all like the fundraising we do for a lot of different things or awareness months, it's very easy to fall into that. Right. But then like, which is great because that is a piece of you, but that is not you. Like you were saying, that is not Josh. That is not Kristen. And like the more that you can sit there and say, Hey, I'm not going to get stuck in that just being who I am. Yes. That's something that I feel. That's something that I survived. That's something that I've been through. Right. But that doesn't mean that's who I am. And I really feel like it's such an important thing for people to learn because I think especially now we are so caught up 
in boxes, categories, and check marks, you know, and I, and I'm just like, whoa, man, like, why do I have to put myself here? Like, just because I'm a woman, why can't I be here and here, you know? And, yeah. and I think that's so important for like to push out of those comfort zones. And a lot of people don't. They're just like, nope, this is this is where I fit. This is what I am. This is what I do. And then it's like, well, damn, if things change a little bit, then you're kind of lost. So I mean, you might want to kind of jump into a couple of different boxes and hang out. Like that's why I have such a hard time sometimes with like niche or niche or what all oh, that. It's yep. just not my jam. I'm like, eh, you it's know, so like, hard for me to explain. Like when someone's like, what do you do? And I'm right. just like, <laughs> my mind goes in overdrive. I'm like, I do a lot of things, but it's all geared at this. And that's what a lot of the work I've been doing the last few months, especially with the book coming out next year and mm -hmm. different things. It's like, what is my message? Right. And it, it, it used to be, you know, I was, you know, the nutrition guy and then I became the keto guy. And then I got away from that. I became the, and it's like, no, like it, it all comes up. It all like chunks up to this, this, this higher intention, which is to empower people to not be defined by their circumstances, yes. whether that's mindset, that's nutrition, that's exercise, that's business and social media, like whatever it is, it's about changing the identity of who you are and choosing how to define who you are and the reality you want to live rather than what your parents are projecting onto you or what society projects onto mm -hmm. you for whatever your race, religion, yeah. gender, sex, what you yeah. do, who, where you come from, like all those things, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I know a lot of people give me shit about when I say that because they're like, oh, you're a white male in America. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's, I didn't choose that. Yeah. But I have friends from all around the world. I have friends from all different types of races Background. and genders and backgrounds and education. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people like Tony Robbins who yeah. broke on the floor and now is a billionaire with a big purpose. You know, like yeah. there's just so many, there's always, and I love Gary Vee because he does, he could go over this, like, you know, you're X, Y, and Z and like, that's, yeah. that's, that's current reality, but you can yeah. change that. But the more you focus on why you, where you are and why that person's doing what they're doing that you wish you could do, but you can yeah, because stop. of X, Y, and Z, the more that's going to expand and that becomes reality. And over time you identify as that. And then you wonder why you're sick and tired when you wake up and you're 50 and you're overweight. And this is the, the, usually the story of my clients, like overweight, got the job, got the house, got the money, got the car, got the family. But why am I unfulfilled? Because mm -hmm. they're chasing external validation that they yes. didn't even create. Someone else created these stepping stones and a timeline of when to do that by, and which is, you know, I'm ranting now, but going back to high school, you're 18 years old. You're expected to pick a path that you want to do the rest of your life, but you still have six more or eight more years of prefrontal right. cortex development, <laughs> which is responsible for reasoning and logic and emotions and thinking of like all those things. It's like, why are people so unhappy? Well, because society in America is making them I'm American <laughs> has been producing that. It's just like, who knew yeah. no one asked questions yeah. or were programmed not to challenge authority. And that's what always killed me. Mm -hmm. A doctor was telling me one thing yep. I'm paying for health insurance. I'm asking for an MRI or a CAT scan or x-ray, whatever yeah. denied it. And then who knew I didn't have a pain pill deficiency. I had something actually causing pain in my life and suffering. Oh, yeah. And then we go and say, we have a pain pill epidemic in this country. Well, no shit because they're feeding them like candy. Cause they don't, that's a whole other thing, but I know, I know. Cause I mean, Massachusetts and that's something like, you know, I, we could go on for days because it's such a huge uh, problem. And it's like, there's just all like these little pockets of problems that like come up in conversation. Like, yep, yeah, we need to get into that. We need to really dive into that. And, and I'm such a big, um, I would love to have more conversations about recovery and the epidemic because, um, I think a lot of people didn't know it goes back to parents or people not question a doctor when a doctor says, here, your tooth, your tooth was out. Give this to your kid. It's like time out. No, it's my kid. What is it? You know what I mean? I think that's when people don't question things. People are scared to ask questions. People are scared to ask questions. I was questions. scared because they're the doctor. I'm a civilian. What Correct. do I know? Correct. But that's not the case.
Yes. And I think that, I think that needs to be more of a dialogue that people need to be okay with. Like it's your body it's it's how you feel. Uh, keep knocking on doors. So someone actually gives you an opportunity because luckily you did have an injury because otherwise you, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know that. My that, surgeon that, said that, I had another month or two before I wouldn't have woken up um, after suffering more and more based on the size and, you know, wrapped around an artery and my optic nerve and all that stuff. Insane. It's insane, Josh. I mean, but thank God that we found it. And now that we put you on your journey, I love the fact that we were saying how, like, you know, you've been the keto guy and you've been this guy and you've been that guy. And I think that's just part of the journey of life. Oh, yeah. and I just wish that more people understood that. Like, you don't have to just be one thing. Like, you know, I never are- would have fathomed I'd be pursuing <laughs> anything I'm doing today, but I'm thoroughly obsessed and passionate and fulfilled doing what I'm doing, but it came from the journey. People ask, how do you find purpose? How do you find your passion the journey? Try a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. Do shit. Yeah. Like I was, you know, fortunate enough to have parents that just threw everything at me and I was excited to try it all, but mm-hmm. they also taught me to use my imagination. Yes. Thankfully we didn't have smartphones and tablets and streaming services and all that back when I was growing I up, but I learned how to think for myself and to try things. And then also don't just give up the first time you don't, you know, don't win and get a prize for last place. Like yeah. that shit wasn't relevant in my mm-hmm. time growing up. And Mine it taught either. me some fundamentals that saved my life. Yeah, mine neither. I think that's such an important point because that's one of the things as a parent that I'm such a believer of. Like, I am a pit bull when it comes to my son. I don't just listen to what doctors or other people tell me. I'm always or teachers. I've been someone that's always bucked the system in order to kind of like do what's right for him because I go by my gut. My gut never lies to me when I feel something. I'm like, why? Explain that to me. And a lot of people are afraid to ask why. And believe me, I've been at tables with like a bunch of people looking at me with bigger degrees than I have, specialists. And I'm like, nope, completely wrong. And they just look at me like, what is wrong with this mother? But the thing is, that's my kid. And if I don't fight for him, no one else is going to fight for him. And he is a creative person and the system doesn't work for him. So for me, I had to be like, all right, we're going to take a different route. And and I want him to try things. And I said to him, like, like, like he's 18 now. Right. And we took a completely different route for high school. And I was like, you know what? Um, okay. You got two years. Um, keep trying all the things you're really passionate about, all the things you like to make, build, do. Um, I'll give you a couple of years around closer to 20. We're going to sit down and be like, okay, what do we like? What did we learn? And what do we think we want to do with our life? And I just wish that more parents were a little bit more open to that because, you know, like 18, go to college for what? If they don't know what they want to do, you'd be better off letting them go get their hands dirty for a year and realize like, well, shit, I don't want to work like this for the rest of my life. I think I like this. I, You know, because like right now it's like they just send them off because they think it's going to be this amazing journey. Well, I mean, it's amazing journey and you're a dollar. I mean, yeah. I can't, <laughs> as a bartender, I can't tell you how many bartenders I work with that have a four-year degree that don't even use it. So yeah. I'm like, they could have got been a bartender for zero dollars a monthly bills of our college loans. So um, I do believe, I wish there were more, more conversations. And I, I love the fact that that's what you're working on your book. And that's what I like to try to do with this converse, the conversations on here weekly is, you know, open people's minds to different life experiences, different stories, different journeys. The, the fact that it's okay to think differently is the fact that it's okay to question things and the fact that it's okay to like buck the system sometimes. Like, I'm sorry, but the system needs to be, <laughs> the system needs to be pushed back on sometimes because, you know, everyone's trying to tell you, I don't know. I really feel like today what we're trying to do with like societies, we're trying to give everybody like one, one menu. And it's yeah. like, well, it doesn't really work. This person likes keto and this person likes coffee and this person doesn't. So it's like, we're, you know, a one size fits all to life doesn't work. And I totally agree with you that, that we have like these traps set up for society. And then a lot of people are on these like journeys for self-development or awareness. And it's like, well, it's because you're playing some, you're playing somebody else's game. Yeah. I mean, 
in in theory, I wouldn't have a job or a need for what I do if society was structured in a different manner that allowed people to think for themselves, experience things. And, you know, I know when you and I spoke on my podcast, you know, you're similar to the way my, like the way you think is similar to the way my mom thinks and that you don't have baggage um, that's projecting onto your children to hold them back. And I think about had my mom been that mom that was like, no, you need to finish high school, which she allowed me to, she signed my papers to drop out. You need to go to college. And I don't care what you pick, just pick something and go down that route. I wouldn't be here today changing the lives I've changed. And it took me a while to accept that statement and not to be like insecure saying that. No. But the reality is, is my, and why I'm so open about any aspect of my life and especially with the things I have coming up mm-hmm. is because from the conversations I've had with people before, just sharing and relating in the micro, all of our lives are different, but on the macro, we all have the same human needs right. and, and stressors and challenges and wants and desires. It may just look different mm-hmm. as you get distilled more and more. Right. But when you can share something that you're going through and actually open up and someone can hear you and they think, oh, and this was for me, like, oh, I'm not broken. I am not weird. I'm not, I'm different, but like, that's okay to be different. Yes. Like. It, it's, it goes against the societal box so this trap, if you like you mentioned before, mm-hmm. which happened to be one of the videos that helped me a while ago. It was like a, a shortcut from Rogan's podcast back in like 2011 or 12 that was escaping the society trap. And it just, yeah. it validated so much of my own desires. And I mean, I know Gary V speaks to this about like, you're not lazy, you just don't enjoy what you're doing. And that's a societal projection of like, if you don't do this, you're not going to be a success. If you, if you're lazy, it's because you're not working hard enough. And I had my buddy, Alex Costa on, who's a very successful YouTube and Instagram influencer Mm -hmm. talking about these things. And it's just like, it comes down to what do you want to do? And you can do the things you want to do, but society puts us in this box and right. it expects these things. That's mostly projection of other people's insecurities and emotional baggage from something they didn't have the courage to do or the support to do. Uh, and they may not be aware of it, but they're trying to relive, you know, their life through their children, or they're just trying to change other people based the on their time. expectations. All the time, Josh. I think that's one of the biggest, I will say as a parent, I think that's one of the biggest pr- hard, hard things to do as a parent is because you love them, you nurture them, you want them to be, you want them to have everything and you want them to be successful. Right. And you want to prevent them from getting hurt. But like, I don't know, man, you got to let them skin their knees and you got to let them figure it out. And I always try to tell parents that have like, like a challenging child, like a kid that like pushes your buttons or like questions everything. Yes. It's tough. Those kids, but I'm like, but encourage them because they're going to go very far in life, help them understand where the boundaries are a little bit, but encourage them to share their thoughts and feelings. My mom did that for me. And I think that's one of the reasons I was so confident to go against the system. She didn't force me. Like if I could explain why I felt a certain way, she goes, good point. I like that. Okay. I understand. You know what I mean? Like if I said, Oh, I'm not going to go to college. She's like, all right, you probably thought this out because if you make it, if you make a decision, I know, you know what you're doing. So my, I was actually given at a young age, a lot of faith in my own decisions, which made me as an adult have a lot less pitfalls because I wasn't trying to do what everybody else did. And I will say like taking the, a different route um, in jobs, like a lot of people go into like the careers, right? And then they get so invested in the career, then it becomes their identity, right? Then they were afraid to try something else at 30, 40, 50, because 
they've already put 20 years into this career and they're already here. And when I was tried the career and I didn't like it, or there's something shitty happened to me in corporate America. And I was like, Oh, forget this. And I went to the service industry. Well, the service industry is perfect. Got to raise my kids, got to have that, the freedom to do other things I want to do. And if I want to try something else, I am not afraid. So it's like, who cares if I've been bartending for 20 years? I can still, I can bartend as long as I damn want, as long as I can still get around behind the bar. But you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so I didn't really feel that, that, that um, being held back where, where a lot of other people do. So I think sometimes you just got to kind of do what works for you. It doesn't have to worry about what, if it works for everybody else. Yeah. Um, I think my categories, I don't know if you can hear him <laughs> meowing. I, I have him locked out of the office right now. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. And I, I think back to the point I was, um, I, I forgot something I wanted to say to that yeah. point I was making, but like, think about how many valuable um, skills and passions and entertainment and um, like all the value that could be brought to the world that isn't because people are being suppressed. They're, 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 and I don't mean that in a literal sense, but figuratively with different projections and expectations, um, people aren't doing the things they want to be doing, which is like that passion is what leads to the world's greatest inventions or contributions to the world. Um, it could be in the form of talent. It could be in the form of an invention or some type of service. But, you know, how many people aren't doing that because of some made up bullshit from someone else right. that it creates essentially this gap of who they are on the inside and who they perceive themselves as and who they believe other people are perceiving them as. Mm -hmm. And this actually ties back to the identity and the identity crisis, if you will, that I had a couple of years ago of like, who am I if I'm not riding my bike? Yeah. No one cares. No one wants it. I have no value in it. And the, it took a lot of deep inner work and reading and talking to other people and like going through this stuff to realize I'm not those things. But because we label everything based on what you do and where you come from and have right. expectations with these boxes and a timeline to go with each box, so many people are taking the safe route. And I think Jim Carrey referred to it as so many people pick a path of uh, fear disguised as practicality. Ooh. And it's like, shit, like how, and then like you talk about the 20 years at this corporate job and like ranking up and then like the golden handcuffs, like, well, what do I do now? I have all this lifestyle built around this that, right. oh, I want to do that. But shit, I got three kids. I got a mortgage. I'm in right. debt with this and that. And it's like, yeah. what do I do? Mm -hmm. And it's like, they could be the next best thing in that field or could invent something or just express themselves or could change the world. And they, they're not. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. And thankfully, people like yourself and my parents are out there and myself now sharing that and teaching people that because, you know, and, and another great example, America's Got Talent, American Idol last year with the pandemic, they um, did all their auditions through Zoom. Yeah. And so there are stories of these incredible people that made it to the finals that wouldn't have made it to an audition because of funds. Yeah. Or, you know, they come from a town that people just, and so they did it in secret in the closet. There was a girl who was phenomenal. Her mom had never seen her perform other than social media. That's insane. And so after her auditions, the judges made her mom come in. And like, I was crying watching it because she was so good. And just that moment, I was like, damn, like her mom had never seen her and she was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And it was just a beautiful thing to watch and had that opportunity to uh, audition through Zoom and not happen. Yeah. There was so many people that came from out of nowhere. We never hear those voices. It's so true because that goes back to that old saying, like the worst thing is all those dead. Um, when you go to a cemetery, all the dreams or all the books or mm -hmm. all the songs that were never written. And that's why I, I just feel so passionate about maybe inspiring other people to go for it. Like, cause I, I'm like, 
but who cares if it's not easy? What if it, what if you were really good? Or maybe what if you were the next big voice? Or what if, you know, even if it's just something that makes you happy, like even if it just brings a little bit more joy to your life because you get up and you sing once in a while, or just even if you're sitting in your living room, like I just think that it's, you know, so many people will, oh, it's already been done or I'm not that good. I mean, and most people that are talented are so uber critical of themselves. They don't even realize how good yeah. they are. And then it's, that's what's so frustrating. Talking about the golden handcuffs. Uh, one of the one a comedian that I really love is uh, Patrice O'Neill. And he talked about that. There was a documentary about him recently. And he said I, I he was afraid of the golden handcuffs. And I completely get what he means because you know, if you're a free thinker or you're somebody who just likes to express yourself and it's your art and you want to do it your way. And then if you do become big, sometimes they want to kind of like tailor it to how they want it. And then you're like, oh, now I'm like, now I'm being held back. So um, I think that's one of the things that you have to constantly challenge yourself to sometimes be like, okay, does this, is this what I want? Is this not what I want? Like, I think you're, I think that's part of life. And I think when you really know what you like and don't like, that's going to be a dialogue that you have with yourself all the time. Like, okay. Um, who is Kristen? Okay. Do I like this? Who's Josh? Do I like this? And then you just, and that's part of the journey, just enjoying all the different things that you're learning about yourself and, and asking yourself, does this bring joy to my life? Does this make me happy? And that's how I kind of do it because I think that we see how like social media or all these things can kind of, um, make you start overthinking things or think, you know, maybe you're not expressing yourself the way you want to because you're worried what people are going to think or whatever. Then you start like holding yourself back. So I'm yeah. always like, you just got to do it your way. And Whatever is supposed to be will be and just share what you want to share and have the conversations you want to have and see where it goes. Yeah, I, I had a friend on the podcast and I titled it a quote that she said, like, comparison is the thief of joy. Ooh. And so whether it, it's comparison of that, or like, it's just what, how, like, if you're just not being curious, if you're judging yourself and comparing yourself, especially with social media, which is just a typically a catalog of people's best moments that they choose to allow you to see which I don't understand how people don't realize. I get it because yeah. they're an autopilot unconscious and the trance state of scrolling and the emo like, but it really like everyone is just allowing other people to see what they want. Like, yeah. And I, I try to be a part of either side of that, like share, like today was probably, I, I'm excited about this second brain surgery, which is interesting to say, but most people are like, <laughs> I'm reading through the comments. I haven't responded to any of them yet. I'm going to have to do a podcast about it, but yeah. like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I just want people to like read what I said for more than what I'm saying, because I try to put that in there, but it's like, I try I to share. You said you're going to share and you want to take people on the journey yeah, and try to help people and document. Like I, get I try it. not to make it about me, even though yeah. it is about me, but and I get it. People care about me and, I, and I, I don't dismiss that. But what I want people to understand is that I don't even know how to word it, but it's like, you can do the things that you want to do beyond what society defines them as and labels them as. Because for me, I'm going through these things and many people are going through their own things, but because we label things and we compare ourselves to others, like I, this is going back to the point I was trying to make. I don't use my social media as a catalog of my best moments. I try to share everything. Right. And what I shared today got a lot of love and support and it was in the form of like, I'm so sorry going through this and support with it. I know you'll be okay. And I, I just, I, I don't want people to feel bad for me. I don't want people to say, I'm sorry. I want people to, to realize what I'm trying to get across, which is, you know, my, one of my challenges of like wanting people to take away something that I'm trying to give them. But it's like, it's just like, I don't, I don't need that. I, I want you to see what I'm trying to share. And that's like not being defined by your circumstances and why I'm so open about sharing 
good and the bad, if you want to label it that, but like the ups and the downs is because I want that to be the proof of what I'm talking about, the proof of what we're talking about, the proof of what we talked about months ago on my podcast, Mm -hmm. the proof of what you and I represent is not being defined by your circumstances, but choosing to create a vision in your mind of your ideal life, Mm -hmm. no matter what comes to be at cause rather than at effect and design that life and live that life. And don't, don't wait for X to feel Y, you know, that's, that's being at cause um, rather than being at effect is to say, I'm going to cause this effect. I'm going to choose to be grateful now. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, what I'm focused on is an expand to where that event will happen to where the job may come, the relationship, the money, mm-hmm. the success, whatever, but I don't need it. Cause I can feel that now. And that's the cool thing about our brains. Oh, I love that. I think that's uh, I think that's so important because it's trying to show people that like, I, I love the fact that it's not about, I hate the people that show the highlight reels only. I, to- I totally agree with you. Like, and also like the trends, like I get it. They- they're going to get you a lot of views, but like it- you just all did the same thing over and over again. Then when you were on there, it's just playing continuously. Like I did it too. And I did it too. And I did it too. It's like, you know what I mean? Like when there's such an opportunity to be on there, to be able to share a, a real thought, feeling, emotion, um, opens, you know, maybe find a commonality with somebody that maybe doesn't understand, uh, maybe uh, offer an information that somebody didn't recognize and be like, oh, I didn't know that about you. Or I didn't know, oh, I felt the same way. You know, I think they, that's something that social media does allow people to do. You can use it for such a way to make like deep, cool conversations yeah. or uh, connections. I mean, I've made over the past year, going back to like the year that was probably difficult for a lot of people. I wound up having a pretty great year because I got to use social media in a really positive way. A lot of people use it in a negative way, but I've made some really amazing friends through this past year. And to to check in with you now a year later, and you know, yeah, you, you got some information this week, but you know what? Like, I know you're going to be fine because you're you're going to approach it and you're going to learn from it and you're going to grow from it and you're going to help other people. Uh, you're going to pull other people up with you. And I know that it's going to be interesting, you know, when it's all done to see a lot of the stuff that you shared or, or, or what you learned from it the second time around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're at a completely different place. So the first time was, you know, scary. And you were like, why is this happening? Now you've done so much self-work on yourself that you're on a completely different mindset. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, when you compare the two experiences, what was different about them and what new lessons you got this time around. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately to add to that is I'm choosing to make the meaning out of this. I'm, and I think humans are meaning making machines. Like they're, I, I don't believe in absolutes other than the ones that you put energy into. So for someone that could look from the outside, whether they read everything, listen to everything I put out there to, to tell them you don't need to say you're sorry to me, they could look at it as the worst thing that ever happened again. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm looking at it as like, okay, I'm choosing to make the meaning out of this. And the meaning that I'm choosing to take from this is to help me get my message out there, to help me um, ultimately change the perspective of other people. I don't want to change people's lives. I don't want to change them. I just want to inspire some new perspective because I know that's that one domino that leads to the other one. So mm-hmm. why I'm so open about everything and trying to be more open and vulnerable, which came, I shared about the seizure I had two months ago. And I said something that someone was like, oh, like, thanks for sharing that because, you know, we kind of look at you as like this emotional superhero or this whatever. And I, I've realized it's been 11 years since the first surgery. So people may miss that and just see a lot of the theory I'm talking about yeah. and why I'm excited back to what I said earlier about this second brain surgery now, 11 years later is because I've learned so much about myself, about world, about marketing, about business, about health, about spirituality, about connections. And like, I'm taking all those learnings and I'm looking at this as an opportunity to optimize all of my efforts for the last 11 years mm-hmm. and how to bring that to the next level because 
something I think is important that we were talking about earlier is having people that you can model. And I call them virtual mentors, like yeah. people that are doing something similar to you or look a little like you or whatever, that you want to do that thing as well. Just model their behavior. Think about how does that person think? Mm -hmm. How does that person behave? How does that person feel on daily? Like, what do they do? Right. And I see this as a, an opportunity to maximize my ability to be a virtual mentor to other people. And that comes from the feedback I've gotten over the 11 years and why I've chosen this path of being so open and speaking and coaching others and mm -hmm. creating education and writing books, like all these things is because ultimately I want people to understand that you're in power. Yeah. You know, you, you may not like what you need to do and what you thought you wanted to do or mm -hmm. wanted to have that may be challenged. Obviously self-awareness comes into that, but like, I've learned a lot of the things I wanted material wise. I was like, okay, now I'm at the point where I'm like, I I'm able to have like one of my dream cars from years ago now. Yeah. And I'm like still in the process of like, do I really want it? Like I, I can, but like, I'm like, I still want it, but like, I'm so wrapped up into that world of like auditing everything at like a deep layer that I'm like, do I really want that? What is that going to provide for me? Or was that an old void of some type of feeling that I was trying to get external validation for? And Ooh. it's just a fun place to be in. But bringing this back to the second brain surgery, I'm excited for it because I'm going to document everything that I didn't know to do last time. Yeah, Content wasn't a thing in 2010 right, like right, it is right. today. Yeah. And I, I, I have goals with it. I, I want to make a documentary out of it. I want it, I'm going to release the book without all this other stuff. I have a second book I've already been writing. Like I want to make a movie out of my life that I can pick who I want to play. Like there's so many things. And if it wasn't for what I've gone through, I wouldn't be in this space to confidently say these things and to just speak my truth out to existence, which is yeah. another phrase from Russ, the, the hip hop artist who yeah, I, I love. love yeah. One of my favorite songs by him is manifest. And it's just, my nieces love that one too. Yeah. <laughs> everyone that like people like yourself, like yeah. people that are artists in their own ways, like in different ways, like athletes, whoever, like I love learning people's minds and their stories because mm -hmm. that'll tell you their mind. And that'll tell you how they got to where they got to where you uh, want to aspire to be like, and that's why I love Jim Carrey and the story about his father and like yeah. how it took fame and fortune for him to realize none of that was going to make him happy. His, his mission on this, on this planet, in this life is to free people from concern. That's why he loves comedy so much. It also mm -hmm. comes from his father, not pursuing that and picking a path of fear, disguise of practicality and getting, you know, let go from that job and then seeing it. And like, it's the same thing for me. And I want to be able to break the, the cycles and the feedback loops from generations I've come from mm -hmm. and to pass that down later down the line as well. Oh, I love that, Josh. I think it's such an important, I think it's such an important work and um, I'm, you know, I'm excited for the journey. I mean, I, I know we sound so weird. We're like, oh my God, we're so excited for your brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, that's that's, that's like the tone I want. I want people like, to be, to no, be excited think, what's going to come from it rather than feeling like I'm this like, I don't like feeling like, like I'm like, oh, poor me. And so like oh, no, your totally response is appropriate for what I want. <laughs> right. I totally agree. I totally get that because I think like it's so easy to be like a um a, like the victim mentality or like, you know, you can when especially like when you get a diagnosis or a disease, it's easy to just kind of fall into like um all the although, oh my God, what can I do? I'm so sorry. It's easy to fall into that, but then it doesn't really serve your purpose. So yeah. for you that I can understand where you're coming from. You don't really want to get into those comments. It's not that you don't appreciate it, but you're just like, no, that's not the zone I'm in. I'm in I'm in like practicality zone, like future zone, like accomplishment zone and like journey. I you're get it. Like, People are just trying yeah. to show love and yeah. you know, with circumstances like that, they want to say something and they may not right. know. Like right. the small talk I've heard over years about any situation I've been in, I'm just like 
I don't know how that was the first thing that came to your mind, but cool. But you know, it, it, I, it's not that I don't appreciate it. I do. Yeah. I very much appreciate it. Yeah. And I want people to know, like, you don't need to look at me like that. And if that's the, you know, all that comes to mind yeah. for you, like, I love it and I appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm going to do my best to start trying to get people to see what I see. Yeah. And that's, that's what my work is. I mean, it's a, it's a work in progress. I know I've only been speaking for a few years now and like, all these things, it's just going to get better. But I want to get to the point where people are going to associate me, my brand, what I represent, however you want to word that with, with resiliency and never feel they need to say, I'm sorry for what you're yeah. going through. I'm going to pray for you. Like, I love that. I love that. Don't get yeah. me wrong. And I want people to understand they don't need to say that. They can say, hey, we're rooting for you or you, know, you got it, like stuff like that. But like, no, you're going to be good. Yeah. Saying I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. I'm just such a fanatic about language. Like, it's implying sorry, like, something that's gone wrong. And it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't like, see this as going wrong. And that's a hard concept for people to understand. But I, I find being in the shoes I am, Russell Brand spoke to this with mental health. It's easier to be the person dealing with a challenge than it is from the outside in because when you're outside, like I, I feel for my parents cause they're just like, and they're good. Like they, they understand my mindset, but it's like, what do you do for someone else? You, you can't do anything besides be there in your own way of support, which is where those comments are coming. I get that. But it's just like, for me to be going through this, to me, it's just another day. Yeah. Like I look at life and this may come from various different things like meditation and psychedelics, but like just looking into consciousness so much deeper and then facing death and then flatlining. Like I've been through all of it. Yeah. I just, I look at life as like a game of like, how can I enjoy the most out of this and get to the next level of consciousness? And who knows what happens later on? I don't know, but yeah. I don't know what it was like to be born before I was born either. Right. Um, and I want to get to the point where people associate my name, anything I share with, okay, that's, he's, he's going to be great. Not yeah. say, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That was a little rant of like no. what I just witnessed today and I wanted to get off my chest. But like no. I said, I'm gonna do a podcast breaking the comments down, appreciating them and explaining why I want people to have a different response. And that may take some time. Yeah, but I think that's just I think that's just a piece of opening the conversation. Like a lot of times when things happen, people don't know what to say. And I think that's one yeah. of the things that I've heard from so many people over this past year on different topics. Shit, I never know what to say. I introduce yeah, people with brain tumors, kids, adults all the time. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know what to say, especially with a six-year-old. Like, I want to talk about their mind and like prime them. And like, I don't know, I gotta learn and I've been, but like, yeah, I don't like some I get the most crazy examples of people going through the yeah. hardest challenges, and I'm like. I don't know what to fucking say. Like, yeah. I just know how to live my life and yeah. I can share some words of encouragement, which is usually what I do. And I just support them. And they're usually, you know, fired up a little bit more than they were before. But yeah, I mean, that's why I say I I, I don't dismiss yeah. what people are saying. I love and appreciate the fact that people want to reach out or the fact mm -hmm. that people are interested in what I have to say or what I'm doing with my life. Yeah. I, I, fuck, I never thought that that'd be a thing. So to get feedback from people, whether it's negative or positive, like, I love it all. Um, yeah. I just, I just want people to understand, like, I, I look at life completely different. And if, you know, all you can, um, you know, fathom to say in a moment like that is I'm sorry, I'm praying for you, then I, I fucking love it. But yeah. at the same time, I want, like, I want people to see what I'm going through and use it for themselves to not feel the need to say sorry. Yeah. Know? Yeah. No, I get it. I love the word resilient because I think that's important. I think you are resilient because, you know, you've, you've done a lot of different things. So resiliency is a great word. And I think, you know, teaching more people a resilient mindset or nature is great because we need a little bit more of that because I think it's easy to kind of be like, um, 
fallen into like the trap of like, I'm sorry. Oh my God. That's awful. That's that. You know what I mean? So, and I think it all goes back to like a lot of everything that, you know, as we, as you know, we take a full circle. I think it all goes back to a lot of everything that we said in the beginning. It's like, it's, it's perspective. It's gratitude. It's a lot of the things that you've already done the work on through your, your own journey. You've been through so many processes and like your cause and your effect. And like, I think you're just an example of kind of coming through those hits or being like giving some really shitty information at 21 and be like, all right, well, what am I, I can't change the information that's been given to me, but how can I learn from it and how can I grow and how can I heal? So I think it goes back to like, you know, what your favorite tattoo is on your arm is, you know, thoughts are fa uh, fear is thoughts, right? Fear right? is a thought and thoughts yeah. can be changed. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be changed. I think that's where you're at. So you're not really playing into the, the fear and a lot of other people, that's where people are at. So I'm sorry comes to like, I'm so like, they're more like, I'm yeah. afraid. You know what I mean? That's like if that, like, that were my yeah. information, they would be afraid. Like, what would I do with that? You know, it's yeah. the same thing. Like when you hear the C word, when someone's like, oh, I've got cancer. You're like, your first thing is like, oh my God, I'm sorry. And like, that was my first response yeah. 11 years ago was I'm yeah. dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I get I think, it. So, so I think a lot of people like, but that's one of the things that's going to be great about your journey, Josh, is you're going to give a lot of people a completely different perspective and, and see it through a completely different eyes, you know, and then maybe people understand it better. It's like, that's like when we talk about mental health, people that have no idea what it feels like to not want to get out of bed or be able to like, even just, you know, go up the stairs. They can't understand that. They just want to say these things because they want you to feel better. So it's like when someone's sick, they just want you, like people just want people to feel better and know that they're supported. So yeah. sometimes we don't really know what to say. And we're like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's well, all not, make sure it's clear that I'm very appreciative and no, I, I don't know. know what to say sometimes, but no, I've, uh, even with the word, but I keep catching myself. I, I try not to dismiss something I said with the word, but, and when it comes to, you know, not knowing what to say, I try to be aware of not saying I'm sorry, yeah. um, but saying something like taking some time to really think about what can I say that would be encouraging or empowering or something, yeah. but dismiss the fear they may be addressing or may not and right. go right towards, I always love sharing like what you focus on is important. Mm -hmm. You can focus on what's going on now, or you can focus on what you're going to do when you overcome this. And that's something too, I think people dismiss is to the point you're at right now, you've overcome every challenge, every um, most challenging experience you've had, all the right. difficult moments, you've overcome all of that to now. Right. Whatever you're going through now is no different. It may look different than the micro, but you've done it before, you can do it again. I love that. I think that's a, I think that's a great point to end on. I think that's what it comes down to. It's not looking at the fear of it. Like it's just looking towards the future. So you're not stuck in the moment. You're 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 getting your eye on the prize. You're like you're okay, working towards something. Yeah, you can't be running away from it. shit all the time because then you don't know what you want. You just yeah. know what you don't want. Yeah, absolutely, Josh. Love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, thank you so much for sh sharing your story with us. And uh, anybody that wants to follow him, he's going to be trying to change that name, but that's okay. It's Josh Perry BMX. Josh Perry yeah. BMX. And um, you do have the, um, do you, are you still doing the podcast? The Gray Matters podcast? Yeah, the Gray Matters podcast. Yep. So. Okay. And people can find that on YouTube. Yeah, I have it on my YouTube channel. So all my social media, everything, websites, just Josh Perry BMX. And um, my website has my link to the podcast. My Instagram bio has all that. But yeah, I put them on the YouTube as well. Or the YouTube. I put them on video format on YouTube. So people that want to watch and then audio podcast platforms, it's all over there. So oh, yeah, try to get it out everywhere.
He always has some really good conversations on there too. Always trying to push. We'll have to get you back on there again. Yeah, and we'll yeah. do a follow-up conversation, whatever, whatever we want to chat about today. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, Josh, thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I'll be, I'll be following along on your journey. And thanks for sharing your point of view on just, you know, uh, it's all about mindset and cause and effect and just keep your eye on the prize. And that's, that's what we're working towards and not where we're at right now. And uh, we can overcome anything as you've seen from listening to him. Um, I hope you guys all have a great week. We'll be back next week with another episode and we'll talk to you later. This episode of Chicken in a Bag is over. She's got to get back to being a mom, wife, bartender, therapist, comedian, you know, real life stuff. But you can catch more episodes of Kristen being Kristen on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Catch you next time.